Welcome back to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408 is our number. Father Greg Sackowitz and Mark Teresi, and we are making history today. We are live streaming on our YouTube, and so you can flip to YouTube and watch us live stream. Again, 312-255-8408. Mark, we forgot to talk about my mask in terms of the Chicago Bears. Um, not good yesterday. No, it, there there was really no excitement to the game, for, at least the, on the Bears' I side. I only saw the first half, and uh, Indianapolis has a great defense, and you can't blame Nick Foles. They have no running game yesterday. Right. It forces them to pass, and we become one-dimensional. They're waiting for it. So, again, but they play now this Thursday. Tom Brady comes to town, no longer with New England. He's with Tampa Bay. Right. So it should be, it'd be National Football League, uh, uh, national TV on Thursday evening. You didn't bring up the Cubs and the Sox. Either. Oh, gosh. Well, they both made postseason. God bless them. Right. Better luck next year. Right. But it, exactly. it was a fun summer. And uh, the eight teams that are left are good. But we have now we have the second new bishop-elect of the Archdiocese, Father Bob Lombardo. Bob, congratulations and welcome to the program. How are you, Father Bob Lombardo and bishop-elect? Very good, thank you. It's great to be with you this morning. How are you guys doing? Good, doing very, very good. Very congratulations. Well. Yeah, congratulations, Bob. Good. And What uh, wonderful yeah, news you. for the Archdiocese. Now, we just finished speaking with uh, Father Jeff Grob, and after we finish with you, we have Father Kevin Birmingham. And the first question I'm asking all three of you, well, first of all, you've been an outstanding priest here in Chicago. We're going to get to your story shortly. But where were you and what time was it when you got the phone call? Well, interestingly enough, the call came in at 6 o'clock in the morning, oh. and it was on Sunday, <clears throat> no, um, September 6th? 6th of September. I was now that's actually, exactly what uh, Jeff said, 6 o'clock in the morning, yeah. so this must have been a short phone call. It wasn't a conference call. Was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was actually on my hands and knees scrubbing the bathroom floor. <laughs> I didn't finish cleaning the bathroom on Saturday, and I had gotten up early on Sunday and, uh, you know, I had my coffee and everything and had my homily pretty much ready to go, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we still had a lot of time before prayers and Mass here at the Mission. So I said, let me finish the floor and just get it done. So the phone rang, and uh, I said, who in the world could be calling at 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning? And I found out who it was calling at 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning. So you want to talk about a total shock. And the thing is... What were his words to you? Well, he basically said, uh, you know, good morning, is this Father Lombardo? And I said, uh, yes, it is. I thought, who in the world? Because he had had a a thick accent. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said his name, but I couldn't really catch it. The connection wasn't that good. (laughs) He said that he was calling from Paris. So I said, well, I think, I think you might have the wrong number. (laughs) And he he said, well, no, are you Father Lombardo? I said, yes, I am. And uh, and then he said, well, are you alone? And I was like, yeah, of course, on 6 o'clock in the morning. What am I going to do? I'm alone. And, uh, and then he said, you have, uh, I have a message for you from the Holy Father. So I thought, hmm. And then I started to think, is this a, like, a a, you know, somebody pulling my leg, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then I realized that he was not pulling my leg. And he told me what the Holy Father wanted me to know, and uh, he said, you have been appointed an auxiliary bishop in the Archdiocese of Chicago. What and, was uh, the first thing that went through your mind? The first—I uh, I don't think anything went through my mind. It was just blank. 
And mm. uh, actually, the, the nuncio said, "Hello, are you still there?" I said, <laughs> <laughs> "I said, I said, I am." He said, "Are you okay?" I said, "I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not really able to speak right now." Yeah. So, I mean, I felt like a jerk because uh, you know, I mean, I, I couldn't even talk. You overwhelmed it. As well, like, yeah. What do well, you say? Was, it was just such a, I, you know, at six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. I just, I mean, not that any time of the day or any day of the week I would have been expecting a call like that, but. It just it just caught me so off guard, and I was like, you know. Did you ever so, th- did you ever think during that conversation, you thought it was a prank and someone's putting you up to it? Did, the, did you ever think about hanging up? You know, I wasn't even that awake at the, not awake because I had I had already had coffee at five fifteen, so I you know I was awake and I was cleaning the floor, so I was able to function. Um, but it just it just I don't know it just happened so quickly. It was. I don't know, and it was like, but it, you know, the thing was, he knew my name, so I thought, well, whoever it is knew my name. Yeah, that's true. It's so it's interesting too because your selection just reinforced for me um, the Pope's idea of who we are as church. I mean, you've been, hospital. You have been serving the poor probably most of your ministry. Um, and uh, how did the religious – now, I know you had to be quiet for a while, but when it was public, how did your religious women in your order re- react to this? Well, it was really <laughs> – this was sort of comical, too, because it was announced at noon in Rome on the following Friday, mm-hmm. which is 5 o'clock in the morning here. So when it hit 5 o'clock, I knew, because I was told you know ahead of time, that – it's going to be announced at 5 o'clock Chicago time, and then at 5.15, press releases were going out. Mm-hmm. So I had 15 minutes, so I typed a quick text to the sisters uh, who were across the street in the convent, and uh, I, I, I figured that some of them were—usually they're up early to, you know, to pray and whatever, like we all are— mm-hmm. um, and so I just sent a quick text over saying, you know, I just wanted you to hear it from me that there was just an announcement in Rome that we have three new auxiliary bishops, and one of them is me. <laughs> so the first text I got back was, you're joking at 5 o'clock in the morning, ha-ha. And, uh, so, <laughs> so I was like, I'm not joking, ha-ha. <laughs> texted right back, and, and then one of the others said, you are kidding and I was like, no, I'm not. And then the press release came out at five fifteen, and they were like, he's not. He's kidding. not kidding. <laughs> he's not. Well, the thing is that when you so were said, when the when the yeah. uh, papal nuncio gave you a call on Sunday morning at six a.m., you were under absolute confidentiality not to tell anyone. Correct. That that, that had yeah. to be hard, Bob. Yeah, that was really difficult uh, because you know you're walking around all week, so, sort of in a daze. You know, I'm thinking, holy cow, like, you know, like, when I think of a bishop, and I look at my history and my life, it's like, I don't have the pedigree, you know, I don't have a doctorate, I don't have the degrees, I don't have the the experience and things like that. And then I thought, you know, Pope Francis thinks outside the box. He sure so, does. He does. Yeah, and so you know he went far outside the box when. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but as, as I was mentioning to uh, Father Jeff Grabes, with your selection, you know, be, being elevated to a bishop along with uh, Kevin Birmingham and Jeff Grab, three tremendous choices and all so different. And you know, maybe for just a few minutes, I mean, Bob, your work at the mission at Our Lady of the Angels has been legendary. And maybe just for a few minutes, tell us 
how you ended up coming to Chicago, because you are not Chicago-born. You're not a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago in terms of ordained at Mundelein Seminary. So kind of give us your background story. Yeah, sure, very quickly. Um, after college, with my degree in accounting at Notre Dame, I had worked for Price Waterhouse for a bit. And uh, then I joined the Capuchin Franciscans, a group of us, started the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal back in New York, and so I had spent the bulk of my life working with the homeless mentally ill in New York, uh, as well as doing some missionary work, Olivia Honduras. So I had done that type of work with the poor, and back in the late 90s, when Chicago had gone through another wave of either closing or combining of parishes and, and schools, Cardinal George was very concerned that parts of Chicago would be left without a Catholic presence. In our branch of the Franciscans, we actually live and work in neighborhoods noted for poverty, doing work to take care of the needs of the people, whether it's food pantry, soup kitchen, uh, after-school programs for our kids who are in danger of dropping out of school, all that type of stuff. So he contacted our community. I happened to have been in leadership at the time, and so I came out here, and that's how I met Cardinal George. And uh, when my term was up, even though our community had made a decision to go to areas where there's more of a shortage of clergy and religious, and Chicago didn't fit that demographic, so but the Cardinal, you know, pursued. He said, "Well, you know, would you be able to come out?" And at first I was like, you know, I'm not coming out there by myself. We live in community. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, after, you know, numerous discussions, et cetera, um, you know, my community said, well, you know, a cardinal is asking. So, you know, if you could do it for a little bit. So I thought, well, come out for like a year or two, get something going, and then, you know, go to the next step in life, whatever that is. And this, you and, did come out by yourself. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so then the work began here. Um, you know, there had been a little food pantry on the site of Our Lady of the Angels that was run out of, uh, run by people from St. Francis, the neighboring parish. And then things just started to take off, and the mission started to grow, and then young people were interested in having more of a commitment to the mission. So the Franciscan community began here. So there's 11 of us right now living here. We're taking care of just about 3,000 families a month now during the pandemic with a full week's worth of groceries, because so many of our people are either out of work or unemployed or severely underemployed. You know, hours have been cut. Well, I think people need to know, Bob, that uh, you moved into the site. So I'm, see, I'm Chicago-born, so is Mark. And anybody old enough to remember December 1, 1958, the horrific school fire at Our Lady of the Angels is so etched in my mind. I was five years old. I remember that as if it happened two or three years ago. So this is the, now this is the folks of the area we are talking about that uh, Father Bob has moved moved into. And um, now, when you moved into that particular community, was the church officially closed and you reopened it? What was the status at the time? Yeah, actually, everything here had been closed down. The school as well as the parish. The parish closed first, and the school was kept open. They were trying to keep the school open because, as you said, you know, with the fire, the memories here, mm -hmm. the school was rebuilt, and, uh, you know, those those details. It was, it's a tragic, tragic history. Mm -hmm. But as we know from our faith, 
you know, death resurrection is is a key part of of our Christian faith. And so, you know, anytime that there's a death, new life can follow. And so the way that I look at it is now there, there's new life here. We're a Catholic presence, though not a parish. So the school, as well as the parish, were, were shut down. Actually, some of the buildings were rented out to a Baptist congregation when I got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's a little bit of the history here. But like you say, everywhere I go in the Chicago metropolitan area, you mention Our Lady of the Angels, and people are like, whoa, the fire. And even younger people, actually, because they all learn about it in school. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now, th- you also started the Franciscans of the Eucharist Order. How, how did that happen? Well, what happened was, so there were young people that were volunteering, and that's one of the things that I find really hopeful about the mission here, because a lot of young people, whatever their connection is with the Church, there is a desire to take care of people in need. Mm-hmm. And so that's a way to build a bridge with the younger people, as I see it, or at least that's been my experience here. So younger people were coming and volunteering, and then, you know, little by little, there, a few of them were saying, you know, gee, I think I may have a vocation, whatever, so... I said, well, you know, we could sit and chat a little bit. And there was a little group of them. So I said, well, you know what? Why don't we do this? Why don't we try to meet um, one Friday a month, like after work, come over, we'll have dinner, we'll have prayers, and then a little discussion. And I had people come from other communities to meet them. I sent them out to other communities. And they really wanted to do something here. And they knew a little bit about me. So they said, well, you know, you started something in, you know, you were one of eight that started something in New York. You know, why don't you just start something here? And they thought, well, that's not really what I, it really didn't appeal to me to start something new. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, um, I went to Cardinal George and I said, look, I had this group of young people. I said, they're, they're interested. You know, I explained the whole thing. They think they may have a location. I said, I'm willing to have them move in as like a little discernment house. Now, were these which, women which, and men or strictly women? Uh, both, women and okay. men. Yeah, and so, uh, so you know, we had a little community. They were still doing their outside work, but we would have morning prayer and mass and then evening prayer with a holy hour every day and then dinner. They had a chance to, to continue their discernment. And then after a number of months, they were like, no, we really believe that the Lord is calling us to do something here. So I went to the Cardinal again, and I said, you know, they really want to do something. I said, you know, I I don't know what the Lord really wants, because I don't have, you know, there's no, I've never had a burning bush experience in my (laughs) life. (laughs) So Neither have I, Bob. Well, that's good. So we're (laughs) very good. You know, there's a lot of people in our club. (laughs) But so anyway, that's that's how that all starts. I went to the cardinal, and he said, "Well, he said, let's let's give it a shot. There's only one way to find out. You know, you test the spirits. Great, and, and, you, the, you and the rest is history. Sure, is. exactly. As I said, the rest is history. And you know, thankfully, you know, four of them now they have their masters in theology from the seminary and their masters in teaching. So they're back in our Catholic schools teaching religion, which has been a tremendous blessing. Wonderful." Uh, 
So, so it's it's worked out it's worked out really well. But you know, you want to make God laugh. Tell me your plans. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, they were live wires. <laughs> at, they were live wires at. Oh yeah, on. those those sisters you have in the brothers. <laughs> oh you have wow, are just tremendous <laughs> they had, people. They had that cafeteria buzzer. Yeah. The, now <laughs> we need to bring the segment to a close. But again, uh, Father Bob. Oh yeah. You're going to be Good. the new auxiliary in what vicariate? Vicariate three. Starting so November fourteenth. Uh, no, actually. Uh, my start date was September the 14th. Oh, okay, so it started a yeah, couple weeks ago. Yeah, because what happened was Bishop Casey was out here in this vicaria. He went to the vicar general's he's, office. He's down here the, with, with the vicar general, with, with the cardinal. Bishop Hicks. Yeah, with Bishop Hicks going to Joliet. Exactly. So there was a vacancy here, so I, I stepped right in. So, Which is good, because I haven't really had a chance to like dwell too much on all of this you know, changeover and stuff, which is good, because you know what? I am who I am, mm-hmm. and I'll always be who I am. So That's why you were not to, elected, and yeah. we want to bring it to a close. We want to thank it in a very special way. Yeah. Father Bob Lombardo, Bishop-elect on November 13th, will be Bishop Robert Lombardo. Bob, thank you for joining us. Our prayers and support are with you. God bless you. I'll see you here on November 13th at the Cathedral for the big celebration, if not sooner. Our phone number, 312-255-8408, WNDZ. 7.50 a.m. on Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackles and Mark Treacy. We are live streaming for the first time. History is being made. We are social distancing, masks included. Call us, 312-255-8408. Stay with us. Again, do not touch that dial. 